BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. I tell them I'm not like the Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Hope you guys are having a fabulous day or a fabulous Monday. I'm in a great mood because today's episode is incredible. Okay, let me tell you something. This is a very good episode. I feel that way about most of my episodes. You know, you can't you some of them. Sometimes you just you're hard on yourself. But in the middle of this episode, I was like, this is gold. Ashley Cook is a country star. I am obsessed with her. She is just so cool. We really, it's one of those episodes where it really just flowed. I honestly could have talked to her for probably like four or five hours. This episode is so good. I'm sure you guys have all seen her on TikTok. She's been blowing up everywhere. She just made her Grand Ole Opry debut like last week, which is incredible. She's releasing two new songs on November 18th, Running Back and Dirt on Them. They are available to pre-save now. So guys, after this episode, you want to make sure you go and pre-save the songs. And you will want to because you will love her as much as I do. But before we get into this episode, I have great news for everyone. One, um, happy holidays, okay? My tree is absolutely already up by the time you guys are listening to this, and I am thriving, okay? But I have great news for you. So Friday, this Friday, November 11th, we are finally dropping the Breadwinning Housewife Home Collection. We have a welcome mat, we have kitchen towels, we have cutting boards, we have a blanket, we have an apron. We've got a lot going on, okay? So you want to definitely set your alarms, Follow us on Instagram. We're doing the countdowns. We're sharing everything there. You will die at this stuff, guys. It is so good. And it is probably the last Rebending Housewife collection I'm doing. We're, we've done it. We've done it all. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, we're moving on. But you want to get the kitchen home stuff because I I literally use my Bread of Winning Housewife, like, Tumblr from launch. Like, I don't even know what how long ago was that. Earlier, I mean, like, a year ago at this point. I use that daily. It's sitting right next to me. I wear the sweats all the time and I get DMs every single day asking for the sweats to come back and everything is limited edition, guys. Unless you spam me enough to bring back the Navy and then maybe I'll consider it. But I'm telling you right now, everything is limited edition. You want to get it now. And then on Friday, this Friday, November 11th, we have our Dallas live show. I love you so much live. The guests are Dom Roberts and Margot Oshry. Dom is doing stand-up. Margot and I are doing a little live podcast recording. We're doing a truth or drink. We're doing a Dallas dating show. You guys are going to have the best night of your life. If you come with friends, 
Maybe you're coming solo and you're going to make a bunch of friends. There are people literally flying in for the show. So if you are in the Dallas area, there is absolutely no excuse. Get your tickets now. I'm hoping, I'm manifesting and praying the show sells out. So you guys need to go get your tickets. Literally, this, literally actually the second. Okay, well, anyways, um, as always, you guys can watch the show on YouTube. Be sure to do that. Please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I want this to be more of like a vlog cast, if you will, you know? Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, post this on your story. I'm going to buy someone Starbucks today. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. And without further ado, let's welcome Ashley Cook on to the show. You are a superstar. Thank you. And a businesswoman. Thank you. And you are, I was actually saying this earlier, so business savvy. And I don't, I don't know if that's exactly how you would describe yourself, but that is how I would describe you because you are an actual like genius on social media. Thank you. That really means a lot. I think I went to college for marketing. And so I, I think maybe yeah. that's part of it. But thank you. That means a lot. It really, really is cool to kind of be seen as more than like just a songwriter, just an artist. So thank you. You're a, a genius. And that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The marketing aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I did like communications and marketing in college. So maybe, maybe that, I don't know. It's it's really helped a ton with social media. I mean, like TikTok was so random for me. I did not expect it to be what it was. I was just trying to write songs and, and play music. And then I posted one video. And next thing you know, it's like TikTok. So mm -hmm. it just kind of happened. But it really was weirdly like the timing of it all was so great that I had just studied four years of communications and marketing. And then all of a sudden this platform blows up that, you know, you can communicate a certain way. So it was really cool. Yeah. Actually, that's so perfect. Right? Did you want to major in that or did was it more of like pleasing your parents? So oddly enough, I went to Belmont University yeah. here in Nashville, which is like a predominantly music school. And I went in for music business in the beginning. And my mom was the one that was like, you should do communications. Like, you'd be so great at communications. And I'm like, yeah, but mom, like it's communicating. Like, you know, whatever. Like, I didn't think it was a difficult major or something that would challenge me or whatever. And like my sophomore year, after studying a year or so of music business, I was like, I feel like I should just study, like challenge myself in some way, like do something different. And I just fell in love with communications and marketing. So if anything, it was like my parents want for me to go do the business, like communications, marketing part of it more so than something in music. That's just so. genius. What do you study? I was in business school. Nice. So, yeah, I love that. I don't feel like I, I went to a very weird school and I don't yeah. feel like my school was that helpful in that way. Like, I don't know. It was interesting. But I've also been working since like before college. I started on YouTube when I was like 16. So it was helpful because a lot of the things that I was learning were things that I was already doing. Yeah. And I just maybe didn't know the name. You know what I mean? Like 100%. I didn't know like the technical aspects of it. But it was just like a very, I don't know, it was interesting. I liked it. Like That's I nice learned, though. you know. I like business though. I do too. Yeah. I feel like it's fascinating because in reality, like every single facet of this world relates to business somehow. Everything. Everything. Even the creativity. I mean, music too. Like you would think music isn't a business, but it's just as much a business as everything else. You oh, know? absolutely. It's crazy. Did you expect to go into music when you were at college, like in college majoring in that? Or were you like, I want to go corporate? You know, it's a weird story because so kind of a little backstory. I've been in music since I was 11. Like I grew up in LA Crazy. with like the whole like young Disney crew, like kind of around like all of these people in entertainment. So when I was a kid until I was like 18, all I did was music. I was homeschooled on and off for it. I was like always in entertainment. And that was my like, yeah, this I'm the music kid. I was I was like the singer girl. Like that was my identity for so long. So then in college, when I went to college, 
I was like, I want to be normal for four years. Like, I want to do something that had, had nothing to do with music. And I joined a sorority and kind of like just didn't really focus on music for a few years. And so when my senior year came around, I was like, do I want to go into music? Like, I've, I did that when I was a kid. I have the world at my fingertips now. Like, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? And I did this kind of on a whim showcase thing at Belmont. And like FGL did it before. Yep, like It's Brad a Paisley. big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. And I applied and I won. And that kind of like sparked the whole music thing again. But I really didn't know in college. It kind of just happened on a whim. So do you think people who majored in, in music or were more focused on that in music were like, wait a second, who is this girl <laughs> who actually just won like the biggest deal ever? I don't know. I I mean, I, I don't want to think that. Yeah, it's not a good thing, but I feel like maybe. Maybe only because like I'm I'm really great friends with everybody that I competed against. But, you know, there were some like groomed to be the winner of the whatever because they had been in the music program or whatever. So I think me coming in and nobody knowing me because I was so involved with like Greek life and the business school and all that stuff. Like they really didn't know. They were like, who is this chick? You know, it was kind but, of like the underdog, like you, the unexpected. Yeah, 100 percent, which has kind of been a weird theme for a lot of my career the last year or so. I feel like yeah. like unexpected happening. And then all of a sudden things kind of spark from that and, you know, happen from that. But yeah, I mean, I, we're all great friends. So I hope they don't like hate me. You know, no, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm sure. I think like music it also just feels like such a personal thing. Yeah. So uh, I just think about like, oh, getting hate on the Internet is like one thing. But music, like you're really like putting your heart and soul into it. And it's so much more vulnerable. So I think because of that, sometimes the competition, like from an outside looking in, can be like more intimidating and a little bit scarier. Yeah. Just because I feel like it's so personal. I hear that. I think for me personally, that makes it the opposite. Because to me, it's like, well, I can't do so-and-so better than so-and-so. And so-and-so can't do me better than me. And so because it's artistic and it's not so calculated. I mean, some of it can be calculated, but because it's like, what do I want to say? What do they want to say? Who do they want to be? What is their life story? What are their relationships like? And they get to kind of tell that story in their own way. I'm not competitive because I'm like, well, they can't write the songs that I'm going to write. And I can't do what they're going to do. So like, let's just, there's, there's room for everybody. I personally believe that not even like, because it's like politically correct. Like truly, I just, am like, no, I can't do Shania Twain like Shania Twain can. There's only one Shania Twain. So there can only be one Ashley and only be one whoever else. That uh, is such a good way to look at life as a whole. Yeah. There's room for everyone to succeed. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And you're better off like collaborating. Well, one, it's really wasted energy to either dislike someone or jealousy or comparison. It's like the root of all evil. And then it's so much better to collaborate. One, mentally and emotionally yes. you know but also it's better for everyone in the end you know 100 percent. i think too i've really seen an amazing side of like country music especially because as a young artist that came up through like a social media tiktok lens right that's not super common i mean it's becoming more and more common as we've seen the last couple of years with some amazing artists but but you've kind of pioneered it i mean i you, you really have but that's what's crazy is like i think in the beginning, I was worried people were going to be like, oh, but that's just a TikTok person. Oh, but that's just a social media, whatever. And I, you know, I would keep telling myself, no, 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 make music that translates that. And they will, they won't say that. They'll respect you. It doesn't matter how you came up, you know, like Luke Combs came up through Vine. Like there's so many different people that have done different mediums to get where they want to get. But I really found amazing mentors and friends and people that didn't ever think that. So I got really lucky. Yeah. And like TikTok is just where the eyes are. You really just have to go where the eyes are at that time. 
And it's so interesting. Like most people don't know that Luke Combs came from Vine. Yes. And that's crazy. It blows my mind. It's so I think recently people have talked about it more because he talked about it on like the Nelk Boys show or something like that. Yeah. But it's just you have to be like you've just been so smart and going where the eyes are. But of course, the people who are like the first to do something are always like a little bit more ridiculed or you know, at the time they think like, oh, TikTok is an app just for dancing, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And then look at what it's turned into. No, but you're right about the eyes. And I think that's whenever, you know, younger artists or friends of mine that haven't quite gotten on the social media platforms yet ask me like, what do I do? How do I do what you've done? I'm like, use what you're given, right? Like, you know, no hate remotely on other artists that aren't on social media. But I'm like, why? If you, if your entire goal is to get the music that you've written and created, to more people's hands and, and, you know, to relate to more people and to be heard, TikTok is the perfect algorithm to yeah. always reach new humans that don't know who you are. So why would you not use it? It, didn't, it makes no sense to me. And TikTok is also like the only algorithm that is really perfectly tailored to the user. 100%. It's kind of creepy, to it, be honest. It is. <laughs> TikTok knows me better than I know myself. Oh, it's freaky. It's, so what I'm currently like starting a garden. I might, I'm 25, but like I'm going on like 70. I'm too. Let's go. Good love that. When's your birthday? June 12th. When's August yours? 1st. So, so what are you? Leo. <gasps> oh my God, I'm a Gemini. That means that we're like best friends. Leo, <gasps> Leo and Gemini. Oh yeah, like, that's true. Right? I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. Ooh. Do you know your Enneagram? I'm a, s- okay. Okay. Let's backtrack on this because I always test as a three, but I think I'm a seven, which might make me more of a three for thinking that I'm a seven. Yeah, but you know I can I mean? see why you'd be a seven because sevens are very creative. I'm a three and I am like quintessential three. Enneagram. Like very like success driven. Yes. Okay, yeah. Very like, I, I want to work. I want to do this. You know, 100%. All, all of that. But I could also see you being a seven. See, I feel like I, I see both though. Yeah. But it's the business savviness in you that brings out the three, the success. Okay. So that's what people always say. Like, well, maybe you're a three because of that one trait. But I think it all boils down to the, what is it? The core fears and desires or something. Yes. What's your biggest fear? That's what I'm saying. So reading them down, I'm, all, I'm also like, am I convincing myself that I'm one when I'm the other? But like, for me, like my biggest fear is like not connecting with people, like never feeling like somebody truly knows me. Like I want so you badly want to, to have like, yeah, the yes. understanding, the connection, like deeper levels of friendship than just like, hey, how are you? Cool. Moving on. Yeah. Which I don't know what that makes me. I don't know <laughs> what the fear is for a seven. The fear for a three is fear of failure. See, but it's it's interesting for me because the way that I view success now is very different than how I viewed success at even 20. Hmm. And I also started working at 16. So like I'm like a decade in at this point. For sure. But my biggest fear is failure. But the way that I view, quote, success is not in the way that I think either a typical three would be or even just how I did five years ago. Like it's not about like achieving x y and z or making x amount of money or living in a certain place whatever it is that you would like qualify as maybe like the american dream of success yeah it's more like i it's like i want to make everyone's world around me bigger i'm a three wing two which that makes a lot of sense when i say that i think i only know three wing fours so three wing two is interesting okay yeah so it's like the three is the achiever and the two is a supporter so i want to like make all my dreams come true and i want to make and I want to support my friends in doing so as well. So I'm the person who's like, you should do this. This is your business plan, whatever. Success to me is like living a really happy life where I have really meaningful friendships and relationships. Because but see, same. Okay, yes. that's, that's what I'm trying to okay, say. So, so that's maybe, how I feel. Yeah, so maybe. Maybe I'm a three. I don't know. I think, okay, are you terrified of negative emotion? Like, do you try to avoid it uh, at all times? Yes. Okay, it depends on the thing. When Okay, think about this. Would you rather go into the ocean or into space? 
but like deep, deep, deep in the ocean or obviously deep in space. They both terrify me. Okay, so typically people <laughs> who don't want to go deep in the ocean don't want to deal with their own emotion and like they are thinking more about the future than like their past. People who want to go into space are typically the opposite. See, I'm saying yes, and I wish I could just like easily answer that. To me, I have like a massive fear of being trapped. I've never admitted that before. Wow. I have like a massive mm-hmm. fear of being trapped. So to me, like, like literally or like emotionally? All of the above. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe that says some like stuff about my past. Who knows? But like, I just have this like big fear of like, I have claustrophobia, but also like being trapped in a like relationship. I just hate being trapped. Fear of settling. Yes. Yes, me too. Exactly. I think that it's so weird. I feel like our generation just has that, which is strange. Like dating's hard because of that. I was thinking about this actually on a drive this morning and I have had a couple like long-term relationships and I haven't been dating like over the past year and I have an unbelievable amount of peace and I really don't want to give that one up. (laughs) But I was thinking about this. I'm like, I, and I said this to a friend the other day. I was like, Maybe I do have fear of commitment, right? And they looked at me and they're like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Okay, so you don't have to answer this if you want to, but like, right. are your parents together? No, they're divorced and very much so divorced. Okay. Yes. See, because I was going to say, I think the reason why I have this massive fear of like commitment being trapped is because my parents are incredible. They're amazing. Yes. But they have a very codependent marriage, right? So to me, and I think a lot of our generation has seen our parents like either super codependent or not together. And it freaks, it just freaks yes. us out. I think it's just like our parents freak us out. I actually think I I relate, oddly enough, very heavily to my friends. The only couple friends that I have that have parents who are in a really good marriage because we actually have the same response to relationships and marriages because I am more like, obviously, I've seen divorce. I've seen a bad divorce. I've seen, yeah. like, it jades me a little bit, but it really just makes me, like, too, more afraid to, like, not be with the, per- like, not perfect person. They don't exist, but, like, the right person. Yeah. But for them, they are, like, how am I ever going to find that with my parents? So we weirdly have similar responses, but very different experiences. See, that's interesting. I think to me, the reason why I'm like terrified of like getting married or whatever is because my parents have been so beautifully codependent that like, I feel like marriage doesn't work unless you are codependent. And Mm -hmm. I know that it does. There's beautiful examples of it working when it's not. But I think my home team example is that. And I'm just such an independent person. That I'm like, how am I supposed to be? One of my friends, Kylie Morgan, put out a song called Independent With You. And I'm like, that's such a true song, right? Like, yeah. I just, I don't know. It freaks me out to think about. And also, you know, being a young musician in this career, it's like, would I even be a good girlfriend to somebody? Because I'm so busy and so, like, consumed with, like, achieving, making stuff happen, like, this kind of phase of my life. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's kind of freaky. I don't know. It is interesting, too, because I... I think that obviously I'm not a touring musician, but I travel a lot and I work a lot. And I'm like, I think that too. I'm like, would I even have time for this? And I'm like, a guy never thinks that. Like really doesn't think that. True. Not never, but you know what I mean? It's an interesting like dynamic because I feel like there's just a different, there's pressure on both, but there's a different kind of pressure. Kind of pressure. Yeah. I think what it is is that, and not to remotely say like what women and men should do, can't do, whatever. But like, I think that naturally I'm the kind of person in a relationship. I think a lot of girls are like this too, that like, we just think that we need to emotionally be the person to like hold it down. And so when our emotions are so wrapped up in what we're doing and we don't have like the capacity to do that, how would we be good girlfriends? Because we're so emotionally invested in what we're doing, not in a relationship sense. And that's supposed to be our role in our mind, you know? Yes. It doesn't have to be, but I think that's where the stress comes from. The way that you grow up too obviously impacts everything so heavily. So the relationships that you see, it's really easy to then go on and recreate it. 
like speaking for myself, I grew up in a chaotic environment and the house like multiple households, but not multiple two households, but like chaotic. Yeah. So it was really easy for me when I started dating. I felt comfortable in chaos. Hundred percent. Me so, too. I'm yes. with you. <laughs> yeah. So the way like the relationships that I was in, the people that I was dating, which is largely why I stopped dating. Cause I was like, I need to <laughs> figure this <laughs> take out. Take a minute, regroup. Yeah, I need to take a second, you know? And then <laughs> the t- second has turned into, you know, maybe more than a second over a year. But it's okay. really easy for I was like, even without realizing it, and I've been in therapy on and off like my whole life. Yeah. So I thought, like, no, there's no way I'm gonna recreate this, but I recreated it in a way that wasn't as obvious to myself, I think, so I could look the other way. Hundred percent. But it's really easy to just like repeat patterns throughout life. Like you can't the only way to almost like to form a new habit is to break the habit. You can't just like hope that one day it's gonna stop because that's what you're programmed to do. Just naturally that's what you know. One hundred percent. I think you either run directly towards it or directly away from it like yes. I have friends that have parents marriages that they like super pissed off about or whatever and they like are like I want nothing like it and they really don't ever go for anything like the opposite sex parent mm-hmm. same sex parent whatever it is but then people that like run directly towards it even when they hate it I don't know what I am I don't know it's interesting you're right because it is kind of two extremes 100 percent. you yeah. either want it or you don't and even if you don't want it sometimes you just naturally go for it because you're right like you know child psychology you get into it yeah I think people feel like they always want to chase what they felt when they were a kid or they, I don't know. It's weird. You, you chase what feels comfortable, whether you don't like it or you, or you do. It's just whatever's comfortable to you is what you're going to find in your partner. Right. I don't know. Yes. Are you familiar with attachment theory? Yes. Do you know what yours <laughs> is? I don't. What's yours? So I was anxious. Atta- I probably still am anxious attached, but I yeah. want to be secure attached. But for those listening, attachment theory, I think it's actually developed in the first year of your life. Like this is like baby stuff like early early on I know it's crazy I got I get really hyper fixated on things huh and so I read this book attached and it was really helpful it's actually the best book on dating and relationships I've ever read I mean I haven't read that I read a lot (laughs) but like I haven't read that many on dating but it's a really good book yeah and you have anxious avoidant secure and another one that I'm forgetting but I was anxious for a while and I'm now working to be secure but the issue is that like I talked to my therapist about this and I was like, well, how do I become secure then? I'm not yeah. in a relationship. How do I figure it out? It's like, it's kind of something you have to work on when you're in a relationship. When you're in something with someone. I'm like, well, good luck. Guess we'll keep waiting. Yeah. You know? I want to say I'm avoidant. Yeah. But I don't really know what that means. It just sounds right. You know? Yes. Like, I like my space. Don't mess with my space. Okay. You know? So it, when you're stressed out and there's a problem in the relationship where you're fighting or something, do you want space or do you want to fix it immediately? That's a great question. Depends on the person. Yeah. <laughs> because like I've, I've dated people that like if we get in a fight and we're like, okay, well, let's hash it out. Then we just end up going in circles for three hours and then I'm exhausted by the end of it. Yes. Or I've been with people that, you know, we get in a fight and we can like sit down and logically hash it out. I'm a very logical person. I feel like I'm not I'm not very like emotional like when it comes to fights because I'm like that doesn't save any time for us. Such so a just... quality of yours. <laughs> well, thank you. No, yeah. I'm just like I feel like let's just you know put our logical hats on and figure it out and put the emotion out the window and then we can revisit that in a minute. Let's just like hash out what the actual root cause of this is and if we can figure that out chances are it'll fix the fact that I'm hurt or you're hurt or upset about something. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that normally I'm somebody that's going to sit down and hash it out. Does that make me a secure person? I don't know. What does that make me? Yes I think it, it could be you could lean between the two. Maybe, as well. Maybe. So it could be maybe you lean avoidant sometimes, but you would be more secure. It also just depends on like the time in your life. Like I'll test at different times. And you're one or the other. Yeah. So yeah. it just depends. The only one I'm not is avoidant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but my like, best friend is avoidant yeah. and we have similar things, but she 
the way the way we even react to dealing with anxiety is opposite. Hmm. So we we are so similar, but the way that we respond to things is like polar opposite. Yeah. So she's avoidant and I'm anxious. But opposites attract, right? Because mm-hmm. if you have two avoidance, then you'll always be running and nobody's going to chase. Well, no. Okay, so the worst thing that you could do if you are an anxious person is to date and avoid it. Because they're always going to be running and, and you're interesting. Yes. So you should all, you're, the goal is to always be, be secure yourself and then also be with someone who's secure. But I guess. But you would think it would be you would want both of them, but it's yeah. actually, I would have thought that, but it's actually bad. Huh. The more yeah. you know. Yes. The I also you know. I also read this book and I had Amy, the author on the podcast, called it Breakup Boot Camp. And it was like the science. I'm really randomly into like brain health and all of this I stuff. And it's the science behind breakups and like rewiring your brain. And she talks a lot about it as well. Yeah. And even if you're not going through a breakup or anything like that, it's such a good book just to understand yourself better. It was read this. so interesting. I'm Attached and and breakup boot camp. Okay. Attached breakup boot camp. Deal. I need to get, I need to read those. They're really really yeah. good. Okay, yeah. you talked a little bit about identity earlier just saying like you obviously started music so young and you were always, you know, the singing girl and you wanted to go to college and just kind of be normal and not the singing girl and then I look at you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but how have you dealt with identity and also just like feeling grounded and not getting wrapped up in everything and being like an emotionally, like you're very logical. It seems like you're in a very good, healthy, emotional space. Yeah. How have you navigated that? Especially in your 20s. It's a very confusing time. Very, very, very confusing. Yeah. You know, going through like breakups on and off throughout the last couple of years and stuff too. It's been really fun to get to kind of like find out who I want to be. And I think also just in your 20s, you're going to change no matter what, right? Like, even if you are so sure who you were when you're 21, like, by 26, you're a completely different person, maybe yeah. even by 24. It's been fun. It's been difficult at times, for sure, just because, especially, I mean, like, I think I'm about to hit a million followers on TikTok, which I'm really excited about. And Congrats. Thank you so much. But it's been definitely strange, especially to, you know, having friends from when I was younger, even people that were, like, super mean to me in school, reach out and try to hang out and try to come to shows yeah. and whatever. And I'll always be kind. I'll always understand. Like, well, obviously you were hurting back when you were hurting me. So like, you know, it is what it is. But it's just been strange. And I think there's definitely been lots of ups and downs, lots of therapy, lots of trying to figure out, navigate through anxiety and the ups and the downs and the, you know, there is so much high and low in this industry, especially being a young artist. Like I always explain it the best way, like at a show, for example, right? You are in the green room with you and your band, which for me, it's two people. So it's me and two people that are pretty chill humans. We kind of just chill out, don't l- listen to music, just kind of hang out in the green room, like in our sweatpants, right? For like most of the day of a show day. You get on the stage for between 30 and 45 minutes in the spot that I'm at, and it is screaming at you, loud music, lights, blah, like throwing beer cans, like craziness. Oh my gosh. You step off stage back in the green room and it's silence. And you get back in the van and it's silence. And so it's this constant navigation between the super high and the super low and the super high and the super low in every single aspect of this career which is so much fun and also having friends like for example like Spencer Crandall who's also like a, a fellow musician you know big social media person I call him like you know once every couple of weeks just crying and I don't cry often but I'll, I'm just like oh my god like nobody gets it and he's like no I, I do like I get it so it's been really cool to you know get to find community in the whole process and get to kind of be a voice for people and um yeah, just kind of learn who I want to be and what I want to say and all of it. So it's been it's been interesting. How do you not too heavily attach yourself to the super high and super low moments? It's a great question. <laughs> I think this is part of why I think I'm a seven because my mom and I were talking about this the other day because I think to protect myself, I do this thing where 
if emotions are this spectrum, right? I feel like I have just chopped my my feelings to this. So I never super feel it and I never super feel it, right? It's never super great. It's never super bad. I'm always kind of living in this like middle zone. So it's hard, like, especially the last year or so, so many incredible things have come through. Like number one song on Sirius X on the highway, my Opry debut, like I'm playing the Ryman, like opening up for Luke Bryan and Cole. Insane. I could list it on and on and on. It's insane what's happened this last year in the best way. And I've tried so hard to like, be in the moment and feel it and let myself just like fully feel this insane high and all this stuff it's like oh my gosh everything's happening and crying and exciting and all this stuff but then my brain if the second I feel that goes to okay but it's gonna crash okay but it's gonna fall okay but you're gonna be sad because it's not gonna be this good forever right so I think I've just kind of kept myself in this this middle zone where I'm like I'm really really happy and I'm proud of myself but if it does all crash and burn tomorrow I'm not gonna like want to die you know Mm -hmm. like I'd be okay with that because I know I'm secure in myself and I know that I've done all everything that I can do, you know? How do you build security within yourself? Journaling. That's a big thing for me. Same. Me too. Yeah. It's a big thing. I feel like, especially I have like raging ADD and I talk really fast, as you can tell. Same. And so, yeah. And I, think I don't I have just, ADD, but I talk like, fast. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> having a great conversation. Yes. Because of this. But yeah, I think getting out a piece of paper and forcing myself to like only write a word at a time makes me like really zone in and focus on what I'm doing and it's helped me to realize a lot about what I'm actually thinking and what I actually want which has helped me to build security it's you know it's tough and especially putting yourself out there on social media you know haters can happen and all this stuff can happen and it's like how do you build security in that and it's you know there really isn't like a right answer for me it's just opening up to people that I care about and I trust about like hey I'm really pissed off about this like somebody called me fat somebody said this about whatever the hell feature I have somebody that I can't change somebody hates my voice somebody whatever like somebody says I sound like so and so that I don't whatever like it just happens and it's like you have to have people that you trust and you can't act invincible because nobody is and it just seems ingenuine if you don't just be like, hey, this sucks. I'm hurting. This mm-hmm. sucks, you know? Similarly mm-hmm. to not being, you're, you can't pay, give that much attention to the hate comments. You also can't attach yourself to all the good things people are saying about you. Because while obviously that's more positive, that's also building a confidence or a security based off of other people's opinions of you and other people's words. 100%. And that is very unstable. I'm also a really indecisive person. I don't know if you are too. I'm yes. super oh, indecisive. Yeah. So, Commitment issues. Oh, yeah. We're like the yeah, same person. I, yeah, fine. we are. <laughs> but it's just like, I think, you know, my team had to kind of, I trust my team so much, which has taken a lot of time to build, but I really do trust them, which is really important for me because I'm a massive surveyor, which can really mess me up when it comes to social media, right? Because I'm the kind of person where, you know, so you'll see some people posting on TikTok new song what do you guys think about this and like it's already logged up in the queue and they're already going to release it they're just doing it to like get the attend whatever get somebody to engagement engagement yeah for me like I'm genuinely like hey do you guys like this song and if they don't it like crushes my soul so I think it's it's been tough to kind of have to realize like people are going to hate because they have nothing better to do or because they just simply want to or because they their opinion's valid and they just don't like you and like that's okay not everybody's gonna like you but it's hard to get there because I'm like one of those per- people that's like, why? Can we yes. get a coffee and talk about it? Why do you not like me? You know? Yes. So and I'm tough. like, I promise if you sat down with me, you would like me. Like, <laughs> But it's like, maybe they wouldn't, Kinsey. Like, maybe, maybe they, they don't care about you. You maybe know? Just like, don't. Maybe you, know? you just aren't meant to be. It's so interesting. I wonder because clearly we, have, so we are the same person. <laughs> I'm similar. I have a clothing line and I'm very yes. similar in the way of like when I ask people 
on I have this like Geneva group chat thing or like on social media or whatever if they like it or in vlogs yeah I'm doing the same exact thing that yes. you are doing and if they say no you're like oh should we change everything should the whole I'm plan like, stop scrap it yeah. we're done yeah, it's over literally. it's yes. like two people said it and you're like well they hate it so everybody's going <laughs> I'm like, to it's gonna flop guys yes, we're done it's it's literally the same. Literally. okay I'm it's curious so if you will relate to this because I feel this way on creating security similarly with journaling which has been and confidence that's a huge thing this is a quote from Ed Milet. And my dad, Ed Milet is like a motivational speaker guy. Love him. He has a great podcast. Yeah. And my dad and him are so similar. So I, mm. I, my dad raised me the same way. Ed Milet just put it, this into words. But he says confidence is built by making promises to yourself and keeping them. And I think it's in like the small mm. mundane stuff. So something as small as if I say I'm going to go on a morning walk every day, I will make that promise to myself and keep it because confidence is trust. So if I know that I can trust myself to follow through with something, that's when I build confidence. But something as small as journaling, because I do it every morning or I'll do it like however many times a week or just know that I will open up it to Mm. do it has helped me with security. Working out has helped me not in a vain way or whatever. 100%. But it's because it's like that is a promise that I made to myself and that is and I'm keeping it. Therefore, I'm slowly over time building confidence And I think the issue at different times, like especially as a girl, we try to build confidence in the wrong things when confidence is trust. So you just have to build trust within yourself. 100%. Yes. It's a really great quote. I love that. But, you know, again, with that mentality, going back to social media, how do you build confidence and trust if you can't rely on people to be consistent on comments? You know what I mean? Because you have to do it within yourself. Like you just say, I don't care. Like let them say whatever they want to say. Yeah, right? yeah, but I mean, easier said than done. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. it's it's one of those things where mm. I also like really personally like separate myself from like I'm the exact same person on the internet as I am in real life. Me too. That's the first thing people say to me when they meet me from like videos or podcasts or whatever. I really We're the, am same the same person, literally the, the same. Yes. Okay, yeah. So with that, it it's a little bit more personal, and sometimes things will bother me a little bit more depending on how I'm doing emotionally. Sometimes things don't bother me at all. Sometimes they bother me more. But I've learned to like really separate the two. And my confidence only comes from myself and like the promises that I'm making to myself and keeping them and not anywhere from social media or anything else. And it's really difficult to do. And I don't do it all the time. And I don't do it well. But like it's very difficult. I think it's tough to do that because I am so indecisive and so ADD that like for example, like songs, right? Like I'll, I'll, I'll put my friends in what we call demo jail for like ever where they'll sit in my car and I'm like, you're not leaving to listen to 10 of my demos. And so they're like, okay, we're doing it. And it's so hard for me if I think a song is a banger, if I think a song is so great and I'm like obsessed with it. If two of my friends are like, you've had, you, you've done better. Yeah. I immediately, even if it goes viral, even if everybody cares, I'm like, why did they say that? Mm-hmm. Why do they not care? So it's hard for me to build confidence in, in myself and in my own thought processes when so much of my life for my entire life has always been, you know, people around me that I care yeah. about and I respect their opinions, what they think. But it's just tough because it's like, OK, but like you can't please everybody. I think the difference is finding the confidence in yourself outside of what you do. So it's like trying to detach from what people think of your songs. And by the way, if there's someone closer to me that says something like that and they mean, obviously they don't mean it in a malicious way. They're giving you like good constructive criticism that you're asking for. I'm like, oh my God, I want to die. I literally, (laughs) I can't deal with this. Like, no, 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 no. So I would, I feel the same way, but I think it's detaching and it's like this, it's hard when what you do is so personal, but it's like, this is who I am versus this is what I do. Huh. So the confidence that you're building isn't necessarily even in your career, 
even though over time, like it, it translates to that. It's just within yourself and like huh. your relationship with yourself. So journaling is like building the relationship with yourself as well. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. I really love that. It's really helpful. It's helped me a lot with confidence. I went through like a really big identity crisis when I was 23 and it came from, I like got to this position where I had just gone through a big breakup and I was changing every aspect of my life. Like breakups will mess you up. They, they will like really, mess, really you up, mess you up. But they end up being the best thing for you. But it was a breakup and then it was like X, Y, and Z. Everything in my life was changing and I got to this position and I was like, I don't know myself. I've never had like a worse relationship with myself at this point. But it came from the fact that I was like, I made all these decisions and there and like this is where I'm at now. Therefore, I can't trust myself anymore. And that was what made me go into this identity crisis. And then over time, which I didn't realize, I couldn't tell you at that point that that's really what did it yeah but over time I've realized like oh I just didn't trust myself anymore because I dated this person or because I did this or your because judgment I, was off you didn't know you yes, could see the signs yes literally yes which isn't like everyone does it but because I'm very hard on myself are you hard on yourself oh my gosh uh, yeah I was yes. like I'm feeling this <laughs> yes it's hard because and I similar to you I know you talk about how much you care about like relationships and like deep conversations and connection with people and things like that yeah I feel things deeper, I yes. think. Yes, yes, 100%. It's not even like being more sensitive. It's like, I think that there's more emotion behind it with me than there would be necessarily with like- With somebody me. else. Yes. 100%. But I think that's the tough part too with like friendships and relationships, right? Is like, you expect somebody to give you back what you give them. So if you overthink it and you're a deep thinker about it and a deep feeler about it, you're like, how does it not affect you? How could you treat me that way knowing that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Like, I went through a breakup recently and same kind of thing. I, I stopped trusting myself because I didn't see the red flags. I didn't see, you know, the things that I was like, well, but I did see them. Yeah. I just didn't pay attention. I, I didn't just care. chose to look the other yes. way. No, yeah. literally. Like, yeah. everybody would tell me, like, don't do, like, it's, you know, bad decision or whatever. And I was like, That's, you know, I understand what you're saying, but, like, I know best. And inside my brain's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. But then I stopped trusting myself. You're right. Because yep. it's like, it's the same thing. What was What's that quote that's like, if you don't know what you want. I don't know. Someone you will don't, tell you. That or like if you don't stand for something, you'll, you'll fall, fall for, for anything or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I love that you know the quotes. It's yeah. amazing. I'm like, um, oh, we're quote, the girl. exact same person. Love yep. that. Yep. Yes. And the more going back to like red flags in the relationship when you feel like you can't trust yourself anymore, the more that you ignore yourself. And I'm speaking from experience because it's like all I've ever done. Yeah. The more that you ignore <laughs> yourself, the quieter your voice gets within yes. yourself. And then it gets a little like, wait, hello, what, who am I? Yes. You know, like what's going on? Yes. God, it's so true. It's it's terrifying. It is. And it's like, how do you how do you fix that too? Because like, I think, I don't know if you're this way, but I tend to find, if there's 10 bad things about somebody, I'll find the one good. Yes. And yes. so it's and so it's tough because I'm like, well, everybody has their problems. You know, everybody fights. Everybody has their stuff. But it's like, well, I chose to love this person. So obviously they're just, they're perfect in my brain, right? Even if they're treating me like, horribly mm-hmm. like complete shit I'm still like but they're great but they're amazing but no, no no it's fine because I love them and it'd be harder to let them go than to like deal with fixing the it, shit it yeah. would be yes it yes. would be so <laughs> much easier to stay where I'm at than to change everything yes and when you change real, yeah when Which you break up stupid, with someone though. you do change a lot of things but it's also like you know they obviously have somebody out there that's better for them than yes. you and you have somebody better out there it's y'all are toxic because of y'all interacting together. You are I've, not the I right think. fit for each other. Exactly. Just because a breakup happens and that person isn't for you doesn't mean they're a bad person. They have someone else, you have someone else. 100%. It just sometimes doesn't work out. And sometimes they are a bad person. Sometimes they just so, suck. Yeah, sometimes they just suck. <laughs> and sometimes like I've been wrong in relationships 100%, too. 100%, me you know? too. So 100%. it's like, it's, it's tricky. How do you feel about self-compassion? 
what is that? What do you mean? <laughs> like having <laughs> compassion for yourself? Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on. I don't know. I've never thought about it. What do you define that? Okay, so I, so <laughs> I say this because during when I went through a breakup and I was feeling the same way where I couldn't trust myself, that yeah. was, that's what my therapist was saying. She's like, you would give this compassion to your friends. You'd be like, hey, everyone messes up. Everyone makes the wrong choice. Why can't you give that same compassion to yourself? And then it's been this whole thing. I actually am like looking for a self-compassion like TED Talk speaker or a therapist or someone to like come on the show because I had such a hard time with it. Like I just couldn't. I was so much harder on myself than I ever was on anyone else. I would never even be hard on my friends. I think I'm the same way. Yeah. I think that it's natural to be that way. I feel like most people. I feel like I'm more and more that we talk. I feel like I'm a three. Because especially being somebody who's like very like career driven, like wanting to achieve and like workaholic, if you will, like stuff like that. It's like you don't have time for compassion for yourself. And if you mess one thing up, it's like, okay, but that's the end of the world because I didn't do this one thing right. Right. It's like being a perfectionist in some ways, too. Which is weird because I'm a very chill person, but I'm also very, like, I like to, like, my team even tells me all the time, like, I like to have my hands in everything that I'm doing. It's hard for me to just, like, hand over what's happening to somebody else because I'm like, no, 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 but that's that's reflecting on me and I know I could do it right. So, like, let me make sure that it's being done right. So it's hard to, like, take time to have compassion and and give yourself grace and the benefit of the doubt because you know you could have done it right. Mm -hmm. So why did you do it wrong? Yes. And then you like overthink that part of it. And then it's like you're, you know, depressed and in bed for a week because you're like, shit, you know, like I messed it up. Especially when everything that you do is like not rated, but you know what I mean? Like, yes, there there is an immediate response to so many things. So that is very difficult. 100 percent. This has been such a good episode. I could talk to you for like four more hours. (laughs) I know you too. We'll let you go. Um, Where can they find you on social media and all of your music? Yeah. So pretty much everything is just at Ashley Cook or it's Ashley Cook or the Ashley Cook I think it is Cook with an E so C-O-O-K-E pretty much everything across the board is just my name Ashley Cook with an E so yeah thank you yeah thank you you're the best all right y'all thank you so much for listening I hope you love this episode just as much as I did as always be sure to leave a nice rating interview I'm hoping to see y'all at the Dallas live show this Friday and also set your alarms for the breadwinning housewife home drop. This is a very big deal and it is very exciting. Anyways, I love you guys so much and I will talk to you Thursday. (laughs) 